Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Thank you so much for joining us here for another week of Inside Boxing Live. We've got a big one planned for you today. Joining us on the show, you know him uh, from ESPN, and you also know him from his illustrious, I would say, Hall of Fame career. It's Tim Bradley Jr. joining us here on the show in just a few moments. If you're watching us over on YouTube, thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe to us at CompuBox TV. It's where we drop a lot of our previews, drop a lot of our analysis. A lot of these interviews end up there over on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, thank you very much as well. Uh, leave us a, a rating and a review so we can keep on doing this show every single week. And finally, in the housekeeping notes, Fubo Sports Network. You're going to be seeing this show every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern over on the Fubo Sports Network, doing great things over there on Fubo. A lot of people are cord cutting right now because uh, they don't want cable. Fubo Sports Network and Fubo Sports, Fubo TV in general, is a great option uh, if you're cord cutting at home and you want to save some money with the Fubo Sports Network. Big show planned for us today. We're now into July. I uh, hope everyone had a safe and happy uh, 4th of July. The ESPN Summer Series is raging on. we we'll get our, our thoughts from Tim Bradley in just a second. Thought we were going to get better fights in July. Some bigger names uh, are starting to fall out. Uh, Top Rank is really having a tough go of it in, in terms of some of their losing a lot of their main events. We didn't see Jamel Herring. Uh, we didn't see the uh, leader Alvarez versus Joe Smith fight got scrapped. Uh, Zapata versus Baranchuk got scrapped. Of course, Jarrell Miller got scrapped, and we all know why. But some of these have to do with injuries. Some of these have to do with guys not being ready. We're going to talk to Tim Bradley extensively about that, about what he would do during the coronavirus uh, pandemic if he was uh, in his prime as a boxer. Would he uh, take a fight on short notice? How should fighters right now, uh, you know, in the prime of their career, beginning of the career, or the end of the end of their career, how should they be treating this coronavirus? Should they be ready to go right now? I'm going to talk to Tim Bradley about that and more. It's coming up next. Here he is, the Desert Storm, Tim Bradley. It's time to bring in the former champion, Tim Bradley. He's ESPN, a boxing commentator. See him every Tuesday and Thursday during his summer series. Before we get into everything, Tim, you set off the boxing Twitterverse for this last couple. You've been on fire during this summer series, whether it was calling for Gilbert <laughs> Chelt's opponent, uh, saying his stomach looked like Jupiter. Some strong words last week. For, <laughs> strong words last week for Jarrell Miller on the King Kong juice. But you really outdid yourself last week when you revealed to everyone that you eat your hot dogs wrapped in tortilla and tortillas. Yeah. Well, guess yeah. what? Man? Guess what? Got it here, what? right for you, brother. <laughs> I'm gonna try it right now. Never had. No, nah, you gotta try it right, man. You gotta try it right, man. You gotta put some. You gotta put some stuff on it, man. Did you? Did you? Did you put the tortilla in some grease? No, this is plain. Nah, bro. Come on, man. If you gonna do it, do it right, man. You gotta do it right. It's actually not that bad. It's really good. Listen, you can put you can put any kind of meat in a tortilla. It doesn't matter. People put cheese in a tortilla. You know, I put a hot dog in the tortilla, carne asada, chicken. You can yeah. put any kind of meat, but you gotta make sure that you put some put some grease on the tortilla, man. Put some grease on there, fry that tortilla up a little bit. I'll put some what. flavor in that. I tell you what, 
boxing Twitter, they owe you an apology because that's that's really good. But it's I didn't know what to put on it. Plain as day, right there. Not just a hot dog wrapped nah, up. man. No, you have to put. You got to put something on it. You got to put some guacamole. Put some cheese on yeah, it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You could put some. You could put some ketchup on it. Like you, like you do a regular hot dog. I messed up. I, I just. I wanted to. I wanted to impress you with this. With this. With this hot dog and tortilla. Plain. It's not the way to go. But just no. the taste alone. It's there. I get some fix it's cool. to it. Then we're gone. I like it. Really exactly. Really, really <laughs> You've been enjoying yourself this summer. Busy than ever. We were just talking before you had John. Uh, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays, just just going right into the next, right into the next show. What has it been like getting through this in terms of from a broadcaster standpoint? Then we'll get into what it's like to call fights remotely and from home. Just the whole series so far. What's it been like? You know what? I, I haven't worked this hard in a long in a long time, especially in broadcasting. Um, it's it's just turnover, man. It's just, you know, from one show to the next, and we're doing like four or five shows. I mean, uh, four or five fights. So it's like, you know, we got to know each fighter's information about each fighter. We got to have something, you know, I've been doing breakdowns for like the whole crew. So I look at the film, I break these guys down. I, I, I let everybody know what they're going to see, what they're possibly going to see in each fighter. Um, I got to know the backstory. Um, it's just been a lot of work, man. But you know, I can't complain. Everybody's busting their butt, man. You got you got the people that's over there in the in the bubble. All of my the team over there, ESPN, they're over there in the bubble, man. They're away from their families. They're living inside a hotel, dude. Um, I got mad respect for them. All the cameramen, the whole crew over there, doing what they need to do. So I'm at home. I'm comfortable. Um, I think they have it worse than I do. But uh, you know, I'm just trying to make sure that I put the same amount of work that these guys are putting in each and every broadcast, you know, learning about each fighter, studying each fighter, and uh, just trying to bring something new to to the broadcast every single time. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of props goes out to the whole team at Top Rank and everyone working in the bubble, even the people uh, that are working at the MGM, you know, the guys that are working the buffets and the ladies that are working the buffets, everything from top to bottom. I think a yeah. lot of boxing fans don't understand what it takes uh, to put this up. There's a reason why there's only one, uh, you know, it's only one team that's pulling this off right now. Right. Top rank. But you brought up, uh, you know, being at home. You're at home. You're at the, your home office right now. It's where you call the fights every Tuesday and Thursdays, occasionally on, on Saturday nights as well. Calling a fight from home has got to be tough. I've been on a broadcast calling fights ringside, and it's no tough. It's it's no easy easy job. What's it been like calling fights at home? Do you find yourself, like, not, you know, yelling as much or, or trying to find the right amount of energy in terms of, of working remotely with Joe, who's doing a great job, and, and Andre and – and Mark and Bernardo, what's it been like calling the fights at home? Um, it's been it's been kind of difficult. Um, not being next to the guys, it's you know we 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 have uh kind of built like you know camaraderie in the group, and and we 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 know each other very very well. Um, but it's been really difficult not being next to Andre and kind of feeling his vibes, and then knowing when he's going to speak, and knowing when Tess is going to speak. Right. Um, it's a lot easier being next to each other. Um, but being, you know, remotely, man, you got the you got the the delay that you got to deal with. Um, as I'm watching the broadcast, I'm looking at Dre in a in a uh, in a in a little box, making sure that he's not gonna speak. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, he's not speaking. All right, okay, I'm gonna say something. And sometimes we get it right, and sometimes we don't. But uh, that's been the hardest thing, man, not being there, um, keeping the energy level up for the fans at home, 
Uh, try not to be, you know, extremely boring. Um, it's different when you're calling a fight down ringside. You can actually feel the punches. You can hear the punches. Of course. Um, I think the best thing about this for me was is that you get to hear the corners. I love you that. get to see you get to see who's the who's the towel holders and who's the actual teachers. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? And, and last you week know? it was Chino. Last week it was Chino Rivas, a guy that I got to know oh, very my well. So I, I work on Broadway Boxing, which is you know Lou DeBella's uh, grassroots club shows here on the East Coast. And Chino Rivas is a staple in, in New Jersey and Philly. He has a lot of fighters. Yeah. So I got to know him over the the last couple of years. Great dude, and him stepping in for Vargas right there and like being the father figure. And I tweeted this out beforehand because Chino Rivas is a father figure. He's like a father yeah. figure for so many of these fighters. So him to step in and be like a trainer slash father figure to Vargas right there just showed you. I thought that was the, one of the coolest moments so far, low-key coolest moments so far from the summer series. It was one of the – I think it was one of the, the coolest things to see. Um, it was also cool to see the kid Vargas, how he embraced it. Um, you know, the kid – father of course didn't didn't get a chance to be in the corner because he left the bubble but the coolest part is is that the kid was very receptive and having rivas you know work the corner and then on top of that actually listening to him you know so i got i give mad mad respect and props to to vargas um but i also give respect to you know rivas as well for guiding him the right way and vargas was listening and he was telling him good stuff but um i will give respect to the pops you know you know, uh, Vargas Sr., uh, he did a great job with his son, training his son for what he was going to see. Um, and that that aspect of it, I, I think he had his son ready. Uh, I don't think it mattered who was in his corner. That kid was possessed. He was ready 100%. He was boxing off the back foot. He was coming forward. He was pressing inside the pocket. He was doing it all. And that wasn't because of Rivas. That was because his father trained him. Of course. That yeah. way. His so father thin. got him ready for that. Right, so so to me, yeah, to me, this is a blessing. Yes, and a curse at the same time. Yeah. But this is more of a blessing, I think, because now you got Rivas and the father that I see that they can team up yep. and they'll make a hell of a team together. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's some there's some things that this young man doesn't know that the father doesn't know. And Rivas knows these things. So if he teamed up, they teamed up together. Now we got a fire team, man, a there fire team. And this kid has enough enough skill and, and, and enough mentally, you know, because that's what affected him. It affected him mentally, man. Going into fight, he was almost in tears. I mean, crying after before the fight. I've never seen that before. I've never, ever seen that. Bro. And I was a little worried. I was like, man, dude's emotional. Like, you know, you, you heard the stories of Emmanuel Stewart not wanting his guys to get, uh, you know, massages before a fight. Yeah. So any type of, uh, you know, range of emotions besides being, you know, fo dead focused. Is, is really tricky, but I think that's what we saw last week is something you'll never see in, in normal times in boxing where a, another trainer has to step in unless maybe he got sick, but I'd never seen it before. Going forward here, something that we've been so. seeing on, on Twitter the last couple of days, and this is in light of uh, in the UFC, Jorge Masvidal taking a fight on short notice. He's going to be fighting uh, this weekend on a UFC pay-per-view, and it got the boxing world talking, but the boxing world and the, the UFC world, they kind of go hand-in-hand hand sometimes, and they kind of like to compare, and you find yourself in some arguments. But there was an argument that or discussion that's been going on on Twitter the last couple of days, and that's in terms of how long a boxing camp 
should be. Who knows better than you, uh, Tim Bradley? There's, there's guys talking about an eight-week tramp seems very traditional or guys thinking that that's too long. And it, it kind of got all weaved together on how long a camp should be. How much time does a fighter actually really need uh, in terms of taking a fight on, on short notice? How long did you like your camps and, and how much is too long? Mm. I was always ready. I was always ready, honestly. Thank you. I was always ready around five weeks, honestly. I was always ready 100% five weeks. But I would do long camps because I wasn't really, I wasn't really disciplined when it came to losing weight. <laughs> I would gain weight, as you see right now, man. I'm, I'm a big guy, man. I'm a big guy right now. Is it these hot dogs wrapping the tortillas? It must be the, it must be the hot dogs. But what I'm saying is, in between fights, I would blow up like 20 pounds and stuff, man. And I didn't have that discipline in between fights because I only fought twice a twice a year. Um, once I got to that point, but early on in my career, I was very disciplined. I lost the weight uh, correctly. Uh, I stayed lean. I stayed around 10 pounds above my weight class. So I think it just depends on the fighter. Um, if they're not actually having to lose weight, I think they can go. I think they can literally go four to five weeks and be ready for a 12 round fight. Honestly, with the perfect amount of sparring and the, yeah. the perfect amount of running and training. Yeah, five weeks, five, six weeks, the most. Uh, and it also depends on what kind of fighter you're facing, man. Um, that's a big thing. So if you're fighting against a guy that's that's you know uh, has a a great name, of course you're gonna speak. You're gonna have to you know spend more time inside the gym, you know, to get ready for his style because I'm sure his style is complex. You know, he has a big name. He's a former world champion or a world champion. So you know it's gonna be more strategic. You're gonna spend be in camp maybe eight weeks. You might typically go eight weeks instead of six weeks or five weeks to get ready for a fight. But I just think it just depends on the person, man. It depends on the person and how disciplined a fighter is. That's very surprising to hear because you always came in tip-top shape. I mean, abs on top of yeah. abs coming into a fight. It's, it's, I think that's a lot of what's happening today, too, is that I saw on Twitter someone said that a lot of these uh, training camps are turning to weight loss camps. That's you it. Come in, or, or, here's another question. The day after your fight was over, were you the type of guy that took a week off? How long did you take off before you got back in the gym? Because that's something we're seeing now, too, is fighters that are getting these calls for, for quick fights. For for instance, Caleb Plant was offered a Canelo fight uh, back before the, the, the corona crisis, and he said, I'm not ready. I'm not going to have enough time. How much time did you take in between uh, you know, the, the day after your fight to getting back into the gym? Again, that just depends on, like I said, where I was at in my career. Um, when I was fighting when I was fighting only you know twice a year, it was different. I would take off maybe a month off, you know, because I, I went hard, man. I put three camps into one. Mm -hmm. Honestly, man, uh, I taxed my body. Uh, I've tested myself every single day. I pushed myself to the max, you know, every single day. I took my rest days, a couple of days a week. And towards I got, got towards the back end of my career, I started realizing that rest was <laughs> extremely important. I started getting older and, uh, you know, I started breaking down. So, but you know, to get back to your question, man, it just honestly, man, if, if 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 you're not on top, man, you can't afford to be having time off, especially around this time right now. You know, Caleb Plant, I bet he's slapping himself right now, wishing that he would have been ready to fight a guy like Canelo Alvarez. You don't get a chance to fight a guy like that. You know, mainstream, a guy that, you know, brings a lot of money, brought lots of, a lot of attention, man, can change your life, man. He can bring life-changing money to you. You don't get those opportunities. So, like, the young fighters coming up, Go ahead, ask me the question. No, I was going to say, you're right, because look, and this is, goes back to that UFC versus boxing uh, argument. Jorge Masvidal is a guy that's going to take on Usman. I don't know how much you know about UFC. I'm as, as casual yeah. of a fan as they come. But the fact that he, he's taking on, on uh, Masvidal's taking on Usman on short notice, win or lose, he's coming out a winner on this. He's getting paid, 
and he's got the fans' respect because he stepped in the last moment. That's another thing a lot of these fighters do. Uh, you know, I'm surprised by them not taking these fights because let's just say Caleb Plant took that fight with Canelo. It's not really that much of a short notice. It would have been seven, six, seven weeks. All he he's stepping up. He's daring to be great. He is going to get the respect of fans. He think that that's a trend we're seeing in boxing where a lot of these guys want it to be perfect. They want their perfect six to eight week camp. They want everything to go in a line where you sometimes you just have to take that risk. Yeah, sometimes you do got to take that risk, especially when you don't have an option. Um, Caleb Plant is a, is a great fighter, so you know he has that option. But how 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 is he going to have that option down the line? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Canelo can always say, "I I offered you and you passed, so forget about you. I want to go on to the next guy and don't even give him a shot at that." So um, I just think that I just think honestly that 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 guys just need guys around this time during the, during the pandemic. And they just need to stay in shape, man. That's yeah. just it. They got to be in shape. And I, I said this before this, this whole series started. I said, listen, the ones that's going to benefit from this are the guys that are, you know, disciplined, training, staying focused, finding a way, making a way out of no way, you know, and, and just being ready, being set and being ready, being 10 pounds above their weight class. It'll take them a week or two to drop down. They can get some sparring in and they can come in and they can fight. So, and I'm going to continue to say that. These guys, they need to stay in shape right now. We don't know what's going to be happening with this coronavirus. We don't know what's going to be happening in this pandemic, pandemic, especially the wintertime is coming, man. The wintertime is coming. Blue season yeah. is coming around the corner as well, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, the hospitals are going to be full. I'm letting you know right now what I see, man. The hospitals are going to be full. People are not going to know. They're going to be like, oh, do I got coronavirus? Do I have the flu? I don't know. So stay in shape, man. All you young guys on the rise and you ain't made a name for yourself, you got to stay in shape. All these guys that are, are on top and they not fighting because there's no fans, you tripping. You tripping. That's out, of sight, out of sight, out of mind. Okay? You got to understand that boxing fans, people, the community, just, just if we don't see you, we forget about you. Exactly. That's just how it is. We yeah. forget about you. I was so, going to ask you. I was going to ask what's more important at this time is the exposure or potentially taking a pay cut. Take the pay cut. It's the smartest thing because you know you can't buy back time. You're losing valuable time in boxing, and value and time in boxing is small. It's a small window opportunity for you to make money. Okay, and so you have to take advantage of it when it's here, and it's here right now. Yeah. Okay, and that's why you see a lot of these younger guys stepping in. Uh, the I would say the new breed that's stepping in, stepping up, getting these fights, six rounders, ten rounders. They're taking they're taking risks. A lot of these guys are taking fights on short notice. A lot of guys are pulling out of fights, and yep. you know you get a guy that 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 you know uh, one week notice, but he's daring to be great, and he's taking advantage of the opportunity. You know yep. these guys, if you don't fight out of sight, out of mind, people forget about you. And so, like the guy like Terrence Crawford, guys like Lomachenko, and all these guys. Like, man, figure it out. I heard that they were supposed to be fighting uh, Loma and uh, yep. Lopez fans September 18th. Yes, fans that, that, That's what we need. Yep. Those are the type of fights right there that, that boxing needs right there. Those yep. big fights. And then you're going to see other fighters, big fighters, stepping in and doing the same thing and following up, right. especially Before, if they have success. I 100% agree with everything you said right there. Before we let you go, Tim, we have, one, we have time to get to one fan question. And this comes from my guy, Kaiser. He's coming to us from Minnesota. He wants to know, while you were on your vegetarian diet, did you get meaner? 
He says a lack of beef would really piss me off, which would lead to more <laughs> aggression, which I which could explain a lot what we see in the world today. While you were a vegan, did did you feel the benefits? I felt the benefits when I was a vegan. Um, think of it like this: I, I, I the the story was explained to me from a doctor. Uh, he was a naturopathic doctor. Uh, his name was uh, uh, Dr. Stevens uh, Livingston. He basically said this. He said, hey, you know, gorillas, right? And I was like, yeah, I understand. He's like, what do they eat? I said, well, they eat, uh, you know, plants. They eat nuts, you know, fruit. And he was like, do they eat any meat? I said, no, I'm, no, not not really. No. Um, and then he said, well, you know, our DNA is similar to theirs. And I said, yeah, okay. And he was like, you see how fast they are? I said, yeah. He said, you see how strong they are? I said, yeah. I said, man, say no more. <laughs> I said, say no more. I said, I'm going, I'm going vegan. But what you need to understand is, is that you do lack in some areas. Uh, you become deficient in your iron um, B12 as well. Um, so you got to make sure that you take a supplement. Uh, iodine, you got to make sure that you, you know, can, you know, consume some salt, you know, um, as well. Um, but I felt amazing. It was it was the easiest way. It was the easiest way for me to lose weight. Yeah. Um, I was energized. I was energized all day, every day. I didn't I didn't have to use a stimulus. I didn't have to drink coffee like I'm drinking coffee now. I didn't have to do that. Um, I recovered a lot faster with my training. Um, you know, my digestion was fantastic. You know, it was just straight fuel. I was wow. just fueling my system with just great, you know, uh, nutritious food, uh, fruits, vegetables, uh, lentils, um, you know, beans, uh, nuts. And uh, I just felt like I had an advantage every time, you know, when I'm in the later rounds in a fight, I just felt like I would get stronger and my opponent would get weaker. That's um, yeah, yeah. My stamina was through the roof, man, was through the roof. And, and actually, like, I just felt like I had a lot more endurance. I could train harder and come back the next day and, and train even harder the next day, man. I, my recovery was through the roof. So well, um, with all that being said, Tim, I'm going to go back to eating this hot dog and I'm probably going to have a steak. Tonight. <laughs> I don't have to fight anymore. I don't have to fight anymore. I never fought a day in my life. Look at me. But I appreciate the time. No. Tim. We'll let you go. Get back to your CompuBox notes because you got to gear yeah. up for another week in the summer series over on Top Rank. Oh, yeah. Outstanding work, man. You've been doing a great hey. job. A lot of the boxing fans are, are chiming in on Twitter saying that they, they love the way that you're coming into your own as a broadcaster. And uh, thank you. It's really been great, man. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Peace. Stay tuned. Check us out tonight. Don't forget. All right. Thanks to Tim Bradley for joining us here at Inside Boxing Live. Always a great time when you can catch up with Dead of Storm Tim Bradley and eat some hot dogs wrapped in tortillas. What will he say this week? That's one thing to tune in on ESPN to find out what uh, Tim Bradley's going to say next. And uh, his analysis has been top-notch. Uh, during the, this run uh, for top rank. One of the biggest stories in boxing, of course, is Ryan Garcia and what he's going to do next. He had that public spat with Oscar De La Hoya over the Jorge Linares fight, but he's found himself in a little bit of a predicament here. Now, the WBC has ordered a fight between him and Luke Campbell, a fight that he had been calling for for a really long time. That's Ryan Garcia calling for a big fight. He accepted the WBC fight. Now they go to the negotiation table. How much money will Ryan Garcia ask for for a fight with Luke Campbell, especially a fight without fans, not the same revenue. It's going to be interesting because not to be outdone, another hashtag boxing move, the WBO has slid in and offered up Emmanuel Tago in a WBO eliminator for Ryan Garcia. So which route will Ryan Garcia go? Will he price himself out for a fight with Luke Campbell or will he take a fight with less risk for, with Tago 
for a fraction of the cost. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, Ryan Garcia does. This is a guy that has been asking for big fights. He's painted himself or backed himself into a little bit of a corner here. Is he going to go the Luke Campbell route or is he going to go the Emmanuel to go route? Either way, I think the go fight is, is a really good fight as well. But the Luke Campbell fight is one that can bring eyeballs. Support. All depends on if he's going to take that money or not. That is a wrap for another edition of Inside Boxing Live. Got a big guest plan for you next week. As always, everyone out there, wash your hands, wear a mask, be safe, and uh, we'll see you next week for another edition of Inside Boxing Live.